Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode 138 of your new favorite WVU football podcast, and we have got some uh, some feelings, some emotions about the AP final top 25 poll that came out uh, on Tuesday for the college football season that neglected, that left out the world champion West Virginia Mountaineers. We'll get into that, and obviously we have to give some thoughts on the college football playoff, the national championship game that played out on Monday night with Michigan, the Wolverines taken down the Huskies in Houston. We'll get into all of that and more on this edition of ITG. I am Wesley Euler. As you already know, I've got the best teammates in the business. It's just me and Jed, the signal caller on this one. Uh, Owen a little tied up, Skyler a little tied up. So just Jed and I for, I guess, an abbreviated version of ITG. This will be a little shorter than our typical episode, just a topic or two to touch on here as we come to you uh, midweek. And as always, the one thing that remains the same, this episode of ITG brought to you in part by our friends at bet online where the game starts jed the game ended last night like i said we are going to give some some final thoughts as the college football season is now officially in the books capped with michigan winning the national championship over washington we'll get to that on the other side of the break though because with that obviously with the college football season ending comes uh, is released anticipated the ap Top 25 poll for the end of the season. The final poll of the 2023 into 2024 college football season. And, hey, at the top, it's kind of what you would expect. Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3, Georgia 4, Alabama 5, Oregon uh, and Florida State actually tying for the sixth spot. Missouri, Old Miss, Ohio State, that rounds out your top 10. You got newcomer Arizona right there. Right, and on down the list, Oklahoma finished 15th. Oklahoma State finished 16th. Kansas State at 18. Um, and that guy, oh, and Kansas at 23 as well, too. Um, the full poll obviously is out on social media, out wherever you can. So, I mean, you can just go to Google and put an AP top 25 poll. I don't think I need to roll through every single spot here and bore you to death. But the news that is that relates to us, Jed, that is, is pertinent to ITG here is that uh, despite a nine and four season, the West Virginia Mountaineers not in the AP Top 25 poll. They would have actually finished 27th because you can see, you know, the next few teams, others receiving votes. The Mountaineers would have finished 27th. And I think rightfully so. There was some anger, some frustration about this, that WVU did not finish the season ranked in the Top 25. I've got a pretty damning stat on that as well, too. But I've rambled here for a couple minutes to get us started. So how you doing, Signal Caller? And just give me your initial reaction to whenever you found out the Mountaineers were not ranked in the final top 25 AP poll of the season earlier today. I was hopeful, but I wasn't optimistic. As we discussed before, in looking at the top 25 as it stood before our bowl game, there were eight teams outside the top 25 receiving votes. We were not one of those eight teams. So we recognized that it would take a lot of breaks and a very heavy lift to jump all the way from not getting votes into the actual top 25. And what that means, Wes, is that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, there's the top 25 plus the eight getting votes, there's 33 teams. That doesn't mean you're 34th. That just means you're no higher than 34. You don't know where you might be because you're not getting right. votes. Right. So we knew it would be a stiff challenge, but you hoped things would break our way. There'd be some goodwill with what we put together down the stretch. 
a good bowl performance, uh, really a decisive win, uh, you know, a three touchdown win, which we didn't play our best football. You can say what you want about who North Carolina had playing and not playing. It was on the road in their state, and we didn't play our best football in one going away. So I, I think that's why at the end of the day, we did receive the votes that we received. Now, it would take a lot to leapfrog eight teams getting votes and all the other teams that were going to fall out. We did not do that. Technically, we landed, as you uh, referenced, 27th. Oregon State was ahead of us at 26th, if you want to count it as those getting votes. And I kind of looked at it. I went and this is what I sent to you guys in the group thread. I was fascinated to check and see, all right, from a vote count, to count standpoint, where did we land in terms of how many how many uh, poll, uh, voters put us at 19, how many voters put us at 20, and on down the line? Here's the way it broke. The highest vote we received was 19th, and that was a voter in the state of Alabama. So I would I would again without without knowing otherwise trying to connect the dots probably somebody familiar with Neil Brown's work at Troy recognizes it pays maybe a little more attention than others might and says yes they're they're worthy of a top twenty vote so that voter put us at nineteen two voters had us at twenty including Chuck Landon uh, so uh, twenty one five voters had us twenty one three voters had us twenty two. Six had us at 23, six had us at 24, and four had us at 25. The big number, 38 had us unranked. Now, those that I find most disappointing uh, out of the 38, this is wildly unofficial. This is just me counting on the fly. I'm sure I'm off on some of these numbers, so I'm ballparking. But I have been commiserating with John Antonic throughout the, the course of the day since the, since the news broke about the poll. And we're looking at, all right, who are the guilty culprits? Who on the Big 12 beat uh, could have easily put us higher or put us in the top 25? The UCF beat writer didn't have us ranked. The Cincinnati beat writer didn't have us ranked. Now, the one that disappoints me, I've known Don Williams, the Texas Tech beat writer, for a long time. And I have a lot of respect for Don Williams. Don Williams does his due diligence. He does his homework. I mean, there's many times Don's reached out to me. Hey, I'm doing research. I want to put my whole conference team together. I want to make sure I'm getting this right. So it's not like he's just mailing it in. So I'm sure Don had some reasons for not putting us in the top 25, but it wasn't for lack of knowledge. But so here we go. I mean, you can make the argument that even though we did land right there at 25 in the coaches poll, so we landed right there at the cutoff in the final coaches poll, we landed at number 25. But here in the Associated Press poll, we did not land in the final top 25. We landed at 27th, and maybe that gives you an axe to grind in the offseason, mm-hmm. uh, more so than anything. Maybe it's our new, that's our new 14, right, Jed? That's, that's our, our new 14th is 27th. <laughs> Enjoy it where you can, and Mike Joseph will, I'm sure, make the most of it in offseason conditioning because by the time we step on the field again, we're going to be ranked. <laughs> I, think, because, I, I, I think so. But I'm not. I'm not as Jed. I'm not as. If you you would have asked me last week, is WVU going to be ranked to start 2024? I would have said hell yeah. You're asking me now. I don't know because it's pretty clear a lot of these guys don't watch the games. They just they just don't. They look at the pre. They look at the preseason rank. All right. I mean, and to be fair, to be fair, like think of your buddy who covers Texas Tech, right? Like he spends his entire Saturday covering Texas Tech, being at the game. Then he's got to write about it. 
he might watch one or two other games that that entire Saturday. Those guys aren't watching all these single games. And no, it's impossible to do that. But but the same guy that I'm talking about that didn't have us ranked understands what we have coming back, and he'll be looking at it that way. Well, sure, he I might. Mean, but the I mean, but the, the equivalent, right the equivalent from the ACC might yes. not. The equivalent, the guy who covers yes. Rutgers might not. The yes. guy who covers Clemson yes. might. So well, again, I'll I think you're right. I'll say this. I think West. I think we're preseason top twenty-five. I do. I'm just you know less why I think we are convinced of that than I was. A couple hours ago. more so than anything. Do you know why I think we are? We return our quarterback, and those who do mail it in, the one thing they tend to That's check. That's true. That's a good point. Quarterback, is your quarterback returning? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is enough to put you over the hump. If you're a fringe top twenty-five team, you will get more votes with your quarterback returning than you otherwise would have, and it's not even close. Couple Jed, that with the fact. Yeah, go ahead. We open with who? Penn State. Thank you. You don't you don't think that the power brokers in TV want that to be a pretty tasty looking matchup between sure, two ranked sure. teams? It should be. They they shouldn't There's want it to be. It should be, t- it should be two ranked teams. I mean, I this doesn't change this doesn't change my mind at all. Again, I would have been pleasantly surprised knowing all the things we would have had to overcome to be ranked in this final poll. I, but I'm not but I'm not surprised. I would have been pleasantly surprised had we overcome all those things and been ranked. So, I would be just as surprised if we're not, even though ESPN and their way too early poll didn't have us in the preseason top 25. I'll be just as surprised if we're not a preseason top 25 team next year. So I like your take. It's reasonable. It's rational. It's well thought out. It's probably keeping your emotions in check. Let me spin the block to the other side for you here, Jed, if I can. Before I do that, another thank you to our guy, JR and Toothman Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton, and I know if JR and the good people at Toothman had an AP vote, all right, the Mountaineers would be ranked in the top 25. I, w- when I saw the news this morning, I texted you guys right away. It was like the first thing that I saw because the poll released overnight yeah. last night, which, again, tells you how much they really put into all of this when the poll comes out hours after the final game. I mean, come on. Um, but I saw that, like, I, I was convinced. I would have almost bet my life I would have been 95% sure that the Mountaineers were going to be ranked somewhere between 22 and 25 in the final poll. It didn't happen. I was angry this morning. I was texting you and Owen and Skyler, and, and, and I'm still angry now. I'm, I'm not as cool, calm, and collected as you are because you do pres- pre- present an accurate, irrational case. But I think there's another side to this, another side to this as well, too. Um, pre- like I referenced, th- these preseason polls matter so much. In college football, oh, yeah. and, and you know, I, I told you I kind of had a, I, I told you I kind of had a take on this earlier in the show. When you combine a lot of the teams that finished in the the tail end of this top twenty-five poll started very high or at least much more significantly ranked than we were to begin this season. And when you also combine kind of where we've been since 2018, we we haven't been nationally relevant in the college football conversation since 2018, right? Yep. That hurts you in these type of things. It, it it just does. It shouldn't, but it does because again, when you have the 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 chunk of people that phone this in like they do, they think ah West Virginia. I mean those guys haven't been good since Dana Holgerson and Will Greer. Compare them to Tennessee. Compare them to Clemson. Compare them to Kansas State. Ah WVU hasn't been nearly on their level, so they must not be as good right now. There were five teams in college football, Jed, that went nine and four and won a bowl game this season. Right. Tennessee finished ranked 17th. Kansas State finished ranked 18th. Clemson finished ranked 20th. 
Kansas finished ranked 23rd, and your world champion, West Virginia Mountaineers, who were not ranked. For the record, those preseason teams, and shout out to Chris Anderson of 24-7 Sports. He, he laid this out nicely on, on Twitter, on X. Those teams that I just mentioned, you want to know what the big difference was between WVU and those teams? Tennessee started the preseason ranked 12th, Kansas State 16th, Clemson 9th, and Kansas was finished to pick in the middle of the Big 12 with the offensive preseason offensive player of the year, as sure. opposed to WVU. Name the teams then, again, Wes. Tennessee, Kansas State, Clemson, and Kansas. You know what three of those teams have in common? What's that? They started the and season in the, in the top 16. This was my concern. And they have voters in the AP top 25? This was my concern going into our bowl game. There were eight teams receiving votes. We weren't one of them. Correct. And I listen, from again, Clemson, that's the, that's Clemson, the rational Kansas part. State and Kansas. From, that's now, the take, rational instance, part from your side. For instance, Wes, for instance, Kansas was one of eight teams receiving votes, and they were only receiving eight. The difference between on that receiving votes list and not, they finished 23rd. Kansas, Kansas State, and Clemson were unranked but receiving votes. I'm telling you, going into that final poll, that's the first thing I look at. All right, who are the teams we have to jockey past? No, because that's they're why looked at. There's having why an there's advantage rhyme, over That's us. why there's rhyme and reason to your to your to your what but you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah. No, you're you're again. That's why like you are digging into what happened and explaining it in a very accurate way, while I'm trying to explain why it's a bunch of BS, right? You're right, though. You're right, though, because once you start the pole position at the beginning of the year, which is why I think it's going to be critical that we are ranked in the top 25. Correct. Maybe we'll be on the other side of this next year. It's going to dictate so many things, so many things. Like, for instance, let's say Penn State's 10th. I'm just tossing out arbitrary numbers. I don't know if they will be, won't be. I I haven't looked at that closely yet. Let's say Penn State's preseason number 10 when they come to Morgantown. Let's say West Virginia is unranked. When Penn State comes to Morgantown, now let's say West Virginia takes him to the to, to the end and loses on a field goal. We're going to be an afterthought. I mean, we might get a couple votes here and there, but we're not going to crack the top twenty-five all of a sudden. Whereas, if you're sixteenth preseason, absolutely, you're not going to change too much by losing a game against the tenth-ranked team, absolutely, because of your starting position, and also that's that's the point of reflection. In week eight, week nine, week 10, people remember who started the season ranked. And for right or wrong, that seed has been planted in the mind of all these voters throughout the course and duration of the entire season. So you are exactly right. That matters. And all those teams you just talked about did. So we're, 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 we're talking past each other. We're not, we're not disagreeing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting the season ranked matters. But getting votes, even when you're not ranked, going into that final poll puts you ahead of all that that gluttony of teams that sure. are, who sure. knows if they're, no doubt. If, no doubt. are we 34th the, or are we 54th? We don't know. That's the know? Fr- and that's the frustrating part of it is so much of it is yeah. the politics behind this machine. Yeah. And I'm not naive enough to think that when we went from Rashid Marshall to Pat White to Geno Smith to, you know, to Skyler and Will Gr- like we were probably on the beneficial side of this a couple of times as well too. So don't get me wrong, but Jed, final one for you here. Because a lot of times it bothers me when people complain, but they don't give the the solution or the answer. So 24 Power 5 teams in college football won nine or more games this year. 24. Yeah. 23 of them are ranked. The one who isn't our West Virginia University Mountaineers. Now, this Jed, though, I don't want to be That's the guy. 
I don't want to be the guy who, like, it always bothers me when people say, ah, you know, Derek Jeter got snubbed for the All-Star game, right? Well, don't tell me who Derek that Derek Jeter got snubbed. Tell me who he should have been in there for then, right? Don't tell me this person got robbed of being an All-Pro. Don't tell me, oh, Jalen Ramsey got robbed of being an All-Pro. Tell me that he should have had, you know, Stephon Gilmore's spot, right? Don't tell me this yeah. person, you know, like, like if you're going to tell me someone got snubbed or someone got robbed, fine, but tell me who you're replacing. My yes. big my big beef here is with three teams, SMU, Iowa, and Liberty, okay, for separate reasons, and I'll run through these very quickly, but SMU, they lost to TCU, they lost to Boston College, they lost to Oklahoma, their best win is Tulane, who doesn't play in the Power Five either. Uh, Iowa, you and I were laughing about this. Iowa, their last two games were a 35 to nothing loss and a 26 to nothing loss. In Iowa's last four games, Jed, they've scored 28 points in their last four games. That's an average of a touchdown per game. And Liberty played no Power 5 schools the entire year until they got to their bowl game against Oregon, who had nothing to play for. And Liberty should have been much more ready to go for that one. And they lost by 39 points. Uh, SMU, Iowa, right now, who, and Liberty really bothered me. Really bothered me. You know who Liberty's best win was against? I can uh, tell you right now. Rich Rod and, and Jack State. Yes, Jacksonville State. Thank you. Yes. Yep, sure and was. Yep. Like, again, I I mean, who's who's I, who's Iowa's best win? Iowa State? Purdue? Rutgers? Yeah, as you go through it. And you I mean, start and that's what granular. bothers me. Well, WVU yeah. didn't have any good wins. WVU didn't beat this and this and this. Okay, WVU beat TCU, who SMU lost to. SMU lost to Boston bleeping college. SMU didn't beat a power five team the entire year. Liberty didn't play a power five team the entire year until they lost to one by 39 points. And I think a lot of this should matter. Like, listen, Iowa deserved to be ranked throughout the regular season when they were <laughs> six and two, seven and two, eight and two, nine and two. They should be ranked. Sure, absolutely. But yeah. when you lose 26 to nothing and 35 to nothing in your last two games, I'm sorry, you don't get the benefit of the doubt for me of, oh, well, oh. they played in the they played in the Big Ten, so they they were okay. Those are yeah, the ones that those are the ones that really bother back me. to. And I and I like the way you approach that. Don't complain unless you bring the solution don't or complain, at least yeah. admit you don't, don't have tell the solution. Me, don't, so, don't, so don't tell I, me I somebody got snubbed like, for the Pro Bowl. Tell me who, who you're taking out to put in. Like I could go through Marquis Lee and why he shouldn't have won the Blitnikoff, and then I can tell you why Stedman should have. I can tell you in 2011, in our final year in the Big East, uh, I can complain that Isaiah Pete was the Big East Offensive Player of the Year. And then I can tell you, he ran for 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then I can say, I'm complaining because Geno Smith threw for 4,300 yards and right. you were upset West Virginia was leaving. Right. So you gave it to a guy who was staying in Isaiah P. So I like the way you're – which, by the way, isn't that reason enough all these years later for the Cincinnati beat writer to at least vote for us in the top That's, 25? It's, Jed, it's Come hilarious. On, the, like the, the, the Texas Tech guy didn't vote for us. The K-State guy didn't vote for us. The Cincinnati, the, the Syracuse and the Rutgers to stab it to us as well. Too. yeah it's 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 just the cyclone larry way I, I texted you guys who was it that exposed the biggest of all big 12 haters i sent it to the group yes thread. who was that post yes was it was it cyclone larry of course it was i believe so uh, yeah a guy who a guy who uh covers the uh the boise state 10, broncos it was 10 12 podcast we have found the new enemy of the big 12 and this is at 10 12 Network. ron counts is his name he covers the boise state broncos yes he ranked oklahoma and texas and that's it he ranked he ranked liberty 15th jed the oh, team boy. who didn't play an f uh, power five opponent the entire season he ranked them 15th 
Well, he's so, the Boise beat writer, but I realize I I realize I shouldn't get as upset about these things, but we haven't been ranked since December of 2018, as I famously bitched about after the Houston Hail Mary, because all we had to do was knock down a Hail Mary and we'd be ranked yes. for the and first time since December of two. And here we are once again. But this is now the longest stretch that WVU football has gone without being ranked in the AP top 25 in six decades. So while it might really not matter in the grand scheme of things, it it just pisses me off because I was ready to wake up today ranked and finally get that monkey off of our back and put that final cherry on top of the whipped cream, on top of the uh, fudge, on top of the vanilla and chocolate and delicious ice cream that was this season that not well, many of us saw coming. You were more optimistic than I was. I did not expect Oh, I was. I, thought, I, wow, I would have I bet the I mortgage thought, man, that we were going to be so ranked. many teams that are going to have to move in front of us. I just didn't expect it. I, I would have been pleasantly surprised. But one more point. You can't tell me that when you're putting together a top a preseason top 25, look, we're definitely taking the long way around. There are those that will start when they put together their preseason top 25. Hmm, what should I do here? Well, let me look at the final top 25 of last year and start eliminating right, teams, right. right? And when you're not on there to even be eliminated, you're taking the long way around. So it's going to be more difficult to climb into that preseason top 25. But as a person, I often say I like to live in hope. As a person who likes to live in hope, mm-hmm. I, I, I just have to believe, and, and this hasn't, I haven't wavered in the last couple of weeks based on this. Nothing surprised me about seeing this. Uh, I, I do believe we will be, I, I would even say, I think we're going to be a top 20 team. A preseason I think top about, 20 I think team. about there, yeah. I mean, somewhere I would in say, there Jed, for I would of s- reasons. But... I would say in the 17 to 22 range would be my guess. That's probably fair. There's that cluster that's difficult to distinguish and again, between and again, one and the other. I, I think what you alluded to, some things help us, that we're there in the tail end, that we have the quarterback returning, that people are yeah. going to see we got 95% of our rushing offense back or whatever the crazy number Including is. Including Jaheen. Jaheen's right, explosive right. and a headline grabber. Those are the um, types of players that get voters' attention. Oh, that's right, that exciting I, freshman yeah. last year. I, I, the reason I think it might be more 21, 22 is because just, again, some of that, some of the lazy mail it in types who just, oh, well, WVU hasn't been ranked since 2018. Can they really be that good? I'm going to, I'm going to put them at 26 to start the season. You know what I mean? I do think yeah. we'll have some of those people, but yeah, I, I, we'll I agree. Uh, I knew we're going to find our way in, but we're taking the long way because we don't land in his final top 25, but again, fresh, I, fresh I red meat. For, I didn't figure fresh, we would. Fresh, fresh blood in the water for Neil Brown and company, at least heading into the off season. I mean, there's so many ifs here, right? There's so many ifs. If if you knock down the hail mary, who knows what might have played out, right? Oh, you'd be in the top. You'd be in the top uh, twenty right now. Yeah. It, let Let's say you. Let's say when we jumped on Baylor early, we kept that momentum going and we won by three touchdowns at Baylor. Maybe that's a little day. Who knows? Good I mean, it's, sure, sure. Who knows? Uh, but we're never gonna know. So. Uh, you know, we're, we're left to look at this and, uh, but Penn state's coming to town. Penn state will certainly be ranked at least in the top 15 without even looking. I don't know how high, but the, the, the power brokers are going to want a compelling matchup on August 31st in Morgantown. Uh, and I'd say they're going to get it, but it's just, it's difficult to sit here in early January and accurately forecast what's going to happen late in the summer after hearing an off season of buzz about that's the answer. We what's sure, going to get sure. buzz this off season. How much buzz is Garrett going to get? How much buzz is Jaheim going to get? 
as PFF's top freshman of the year. So there's who knows the more after seven months of buzz that can change a lot. Yeah, because yeah. the one thing superficial voters hear is buzz. I mean, I was trying to make the argument in the pregame show in Carolina. I mean, Antonic and Tony and and Dwight and I we were all talking about this. We're like, all right, well, if we beat these guys decisively, does it matter? Because it's not necessarily Carolina. Are they going to see it as, hey, Carolina? They beat Carolina by three touchdowns, or they beat, you know, a wounded Carolina with with not as many kids. And I, I try to say this. I was like, look. Most voters are going to recognize because he's potentially a top two pick. Drayton May is not playing in his bowl game. Caleb Williams is not playing. Now, outside of that, forget it. They're not going to know much of anything. They were trying to make the point to me. They say, you're giving them too much credit. They don't know Drake May's not. I'm like, I'm saying that's all they know. Look, yeah. most voters pretty much know that and nothing else. The top two players in the draft aren't playing in a bowl game. I'm not saying they can name a second player on the North Carolina roster. I'm not making them a genius. And they were saying, well, not everybody's an expert like you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't say that I'm calling these people experts. I'm just saying that they at least know potentially right. the top two players in the draft and probably nothing else. Right. And I still feel that way. But when you walk out of that environment with a three-touchdown victory, both the voters who knew and the voters who didn't, are going to scoreboard glance and say, well, okay. And I, I think that's why we got some of the, the votes that we got. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of these people will put the work in. Some of these people will put part of the work in. Some of these people, quite frankly, just won't put nearly enough work in. And that's what leaves us where we are. But we're going to know this and scrutinize it to a much greater degree than they do. But as a fringe top 25 team, when you land at 27 on the outside looking in, you're fringe. When you have your quarterback returning, those are the types of teams that that puts you over the top in a world full of people who don't often put enough work in. Wow, that kid who did this and did that last year, oh, he's back. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. That's good enough to put him at 21 instead of 26 or whatever it might be. But right. but uh, it's it gives us something to talk about the morning after the national championship or the mornings after the national championship uh that that's pretty compelling or interesting but once again we did land in the coaches poll yep 25th at 25 and i always like to say this i've mentioned this to owen before we have been ranked number one in one of those two major polls once you know when that was wes in our history once in either the Wait, ap or the coaches in oh in either or okay yes never the ap it was the coaches. One time, we were actually ranked. What's that? 93? Nope. No. I bought the newspaper, the USA Today, when it had us ranked number one. I have it in my file somewhere. After we beat UConn in 2007. Uh, we were number one yeah. in the coaches poll. Yep. How about that? And now as, here we're talking as, as, bowl, as, so as you would, as you would say, one of the one of the most complete games the Mountaineers ever played before one of the worst games the Mountaineers exactly. ever played. Exactly. <laughs> well, I tell you what, speaking of uh, good games and bad games, last night's college football playoff, uh, it looked early like it was going to be a bad game, like it could be another yeah, repeat sure of last year. Washington was able to hang on, get back in there, make it a game. Michigan ends up winning maybe a little more comfortably than than any of us neutral uh, folks would have liked that we're just hoping for a, for a classic game. But we do have a national championship. It is the Michigan Wolverines. Or we do have a national champion, I should say. It is the Michigan Wolverines. We'll discuss when we return to wrap this thing up. Wesley Euler, Jed Drenning, you are.
in the gun. Nobody supports the Blue and Gold Mountaineers like Toothman Ford. With over 20 NIL deals and counting, Toothman Ford continues to rally behind our student-athletes. And it's time we rally and support the dealer that supports the Mountaineers. Not only does Toothman Ford offer the best prices in the state on pre-owned, their never-over MSRP campaign on new Fords guaranteed to, to save you thousands. Drive with pride all season long, knowing you're supporting the dealer that fuels our Mountaineers. Toothman Ford, where cars cost less. In Grafton and at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. If you work the land, you just got to be a jack-of-all-trades type. There's just too much to do. So if you got to be a welder or a farmer or a ditch digger, that's just who you are that day. Then tomorrow, you can be somebody else. Get your coyote at the new location of Johnston Equipment between Weston and Buckhannon. Back in the gun here. It is episode 138 of your new favorite WV football podcast. Gave some thoughts, some emotions, some reactions. I'll, I'll calm down eventually. All right. When I, Jed, when the new NCAA football game comes out in July, we better have a number next to our name on there. All right. That'll calm me down. That'll bring me back to life here and back to reality here. But obviously, that's something that, that we'll discuss and keep an eye on as we roll forward. We didn't get commercial. that. I was just going to say there was, that, there was that tease that there was going to be some big yes. bombshell commercial release date uh, of, you know, EA Sports and the, and the return of the NCAA football game, video game, and nothing. Jed, just blue balls last it's night, nothing, roll. Monday night, nothing. You're right. Nothing. That's worse. That's worse than the Michigan cheating scandal. I mean, what are we yes, talking about? It is. Yes. <laughs> Michigan takes down uh, the Huskies. 34 to 13 was the final. It was looked like a blowout early, ended comfortably for Michigan, but was a pretty close game there in the interim. If you uh, if you didn't watch it, you might think, oh, Michigan won that comfortably. And in the end, they kind of did. And at the beginning, they built themselves a nice lead. But that was a one-score game for a, a large majority of that. Um, Jed, for me, you know, there's there's obviously a lot. You and I don't want to sit here for an hour and break down every detail of that game. But what it what it really came down to me was just one. I mean, Michigan's ability to run the football almost at at, at will, and two, just their their you know success at knocking Michael Penix off of his game a little bit. I mean, they got after him. He was a little banged up. His ankle got tweaked. His ribs got tweaked. 
Penix just wasn't the same superhero that we had seen him be throughout the season. Those were kind of the the Michigan run game and their ability to limit Penix were kind of kind of the things that stuck out to me uh, on Monday night. Well, some people are going to look at this, Wes, and it will forever be tainted because of what played out with sure. Michigan. Sure, a coach was suspended not once but twice. Uh, it was a highly irregular run to a championship. I mean, it, it's not, to say it's unprecedented is an understatement. It's, we've never seen anything remotely close to that. Uh, so there are those who will forever put an asterisk next to that and say, look, uh, probably not. And then there are those who are going to say, look, they caught him in a scandal. Obviously, after they caught him, they were no longer doing it. And while they were no longer doing it, they pummeled Ohio State. They beat Alabama. They beat a good Washington team. Good enough. They're champions for me. So there's going to be both sides of that. Uh, and that, that's not the discussion that I want to have. I, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what I found interesting was the game started in such a way. Uh, Washington wins the toss and they defer. I thought that was a good choice. Maybe if you can steal a stop and get something going offensively, then you know you. I always like to know you're banking on having it after the half against a team like that. But instead, Michigan, and it wasn't Blake Corn, it was Donovan Edwards, their number two back. They were just pushing Washington around on those first couple of possessions. Oh. And, and normally when, when you get to a certain point in the game, I don't know if it's 12 minutes deep, 15 minutes deep, 17 or 18 minutes deep, like two, three minutes in the second quarter. When a team is running the ball on you at will, it, it feels sometimes almost impossible to stem the tide of that and change it and redirect it. You almost feel like, oh boy. Uh, this is going to be Georgia TCU all over again. Jed, That's what it's this like, is going to be. It's like when you're a little kid and that first time that you get rocked by a wave in the ocean and you're just yeah. you're just underneath the tide, just rolling around yeah. and spinning and don't know how to get your bearings. Like That's what it feels like when a team's running the ball on you like that. It, it did. And, and, and then at 14 to 3, there, here comes the stalemate. Washington dug deep played better defense, more physical defense at the point of attack than I thought they would. And that's strange to say for a team that gave up 303 yards on the ground. But I do think they, they rallied and they responded and they bounced back. And the next thing they know, Kalen DeBoer is a winner. He is a winner. There's a reason he went 67-3 and three at, at Sioux Falls. There's a reason he was 12-6 and six at Fresno. There's a reason he'd only lost, lost one game in two years, the head coach at Washington. He knows what he's doing. He puts a great staff together. He's a winner. So the fact that they were able to hang around and keep that as a one-possession game as they're driving in the final two minutes, all I could think was Michigan feels like they've dominated this game, and it's about to be a one-score game at the half with Washington getting the ball to start the second half. If you're That's Michigan, thing, you can't feel good thinking. about that. Yeah. And, and, and then they, they kind of squandered what seemed like an opportunity to maybe get in field goal range because I think they – in the final minute or 40 seconds of the half because they mismanaged their timeouts and they had none left. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of thinking, well, they could have used one of those there. And, and once again, I'm going to give Kalen DeBoer some love. Washington came out in the second half. And despite that pick on the first play by Michael Penix, who Michael Penix was out of rhythm, no doubt about it. I mean, against Texas last week, he was hotter than Texas chili as Rick Neuheisel might say. He looked unstoppable. And for as accurate he's, as he was against Texas, he certainly wasn't against Michigan. Now, part of that's credit to Michigan. I lost in, in the shuffle, I think, in preparation for this game. A lot of people forget Washington as they had this offensive buzzsaw with Penix and those three receivers. And, 
and Dylan Johnson running through the course of the season, just exploding on everybody offensively. They had a game the third week in October against Arizona State, an ugly 15-7 to rock fight. You remember that? They couldn't get in the end zone. So something told me going into this game that certainly Michigan staff is going to tear that Arizona State tape apart. And I'm sure there are some parallels to what Arizona State was doing with inferior personnel compared to what Michigan was doing with superior personnel. And they had their moments. Now, they only had one sack, but they were doing things to impact Michael Penix. And what I mean by that is there were times, to me, they had him seeing ghosts because there were times they weren't even on the play between the lines impacting the throw, but he was impacted. Even when he was untouched by a defender and there was no defender within three steps of him, he was impacted or it seemed like he was impacted. Now, part of that might be Michigan so successfully reduced Washington's offense down to one dimension. I mean, Dylan Johnson, 11 carries, 33 yards. They weren't even sure if he was going to play yet after that late injury against Texas. I don't know if he was at full strength, but their running game certainly wasn't. They couldn't get anything developed on the ground. And so what teams that are so dominant defensively like Michigan has been sometimes often try to do, they try and reduce you down to being a one-dimensional offense and then set out to attack that dimension. That's what it felt like. Washington couldn't run the ball at least enough to matter. And so they just started throwing different looks at him in the past game. Sometimes it was to confuse him and get an extra hat on him and pressure him. Sometimes it was to drop an extra fender in coverage. And he was just out of sorts. He was missing guys. But I was impressed with Penix's pick to start the second half. I thought Michigan was going to cave West. I thought that's it. They're going to go up 24 to 10. But instead, their defense bows up. It's a 20 to 10 game. They bow up again for multiple possessions. They allow it to become a 20 to 13 game. Michigan was, excuse me, Washington, to me, was without question the more excited team in the second half. Credit to Kalen DeBoer. Now, that being said, ultimately, in what felt like a staring match, you just got the sense that Jim Harbaugh was sitting there thinking, you're going to blink first. Mm-hmm. You're going to blink first. Yeah. You're going to blink. I'm just going to keep leaning on you and leaning on you and leaning on you. And I'm not going to ask too awful much out of J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy was a modest 10 for 18. Now, he made a critical (laughs) play with his legs. Less than than 20 pass attempts. I mean, that third and 10 when they were pinned deep in a seven-point game in the second half, Wes, he scrambled loose. To me, that was 22 yards or something like that. To me, that was the single biggest play of the football game. Might have the been. single biggest play. Of the I think game. that and the the interception that Penix threw very early because he just looked off from there. I think those yeah, are the well, two biggest plays. I, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, Washington's fired up. Their sideline is alive, and now you're stuffing Blake Corman that run game, and you got JJ McCarthy in a bad spot behind the sticks on yeah. third and ten. Yeah. You're about to get the ball back at midfield, down seven with an incredibly fired up sideline and a shocked Michigan sideline, but instead. J.J. Yep. McCarthy, sneaky athletic, yep. makes that play, wiggles free, 20-plus yards. Uh, they get something moving. They get out of the hole. But at the end of the day, Washington certainly blinked first, probably even second and third. And it, it's easy to say, look, defensively, Michigan's a stat pattern. Who did they play all year? No wonder they're ranked so high nationally in all these key categories when you're playing offenses like the Iowa offense we just <laughs> talked about. Are you really challenged? Come on. I mean, look, look at some of these Big Ten offenses that you're going to face. Really? So that's why I kind of wondered, Ohio State was a different challenge. Ohio State was about bracketing, getting creative enough to shut down Marvin Harrison. Washington typically presents a different animal. They have three bona fide receivers 
that are three bona fide weapons. And when Dylan Johnson's at full strength, that's certainly enough to keep you honest behind an offensive line that won the Joe Moore award. So I, I got to say, this is for, for, you know, I threw some shade at Michigan defensively this year for facing those weak offenses, but against a premier offense in Washington on the biggest of stages, I do think that the Michigan defense swelled up and I, I was impressed by what they did uh, by, by limiting those, uh, Washington didn't make the most of their opportunities, but yeah. you also have to give credit to the defense that's on the field when you're failing to capitalize on those opportunities because something's different in that game than any other game that you've played throughout the course of the season. And what I noticed was once Washington, I'll close with this, was once they got to the postseason for all the dynamic, explosive things they were doing, they struggled on third down against both Texas and Michigan. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, that mattered too. Those transition downs in those more critical games tend to matter a little more and it didn't catch up to him against Texas. It nearly did as Texas was trying to mount that comeback, but it did catch up to him against Michigan. But once again, until the end of time, Michigan will forever be regarded as, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. I mean, this is the national championship that people always look at somewhat as cons. They'll look at it, you know, with an eyebrow raise, and eh, you kind of remember how that played out. Now, we don't know what this means for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he kind of hinted. I don't know if you heard this, Wes. He was talking about spring ball the other day because a lot of people think he's going to bail at, at whatever favorable NFL, NFL job comes his way. Yeah. 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 And, and, but, you know, he's talking the other day and maybe that's just him playing whatever version of crazy chess he likes to play because you talk about a dude. We talk about Kalen DeBoer. That, that cat, Jim Harbaugh, say what you like about him. He has won everywhere he has been at a high level. But, maybe in part with Michigan, the turnaround was for strange reasons, uh, shadowy reasons. But <laughs> like I said, once it was exposed, once it was out in the open, we talked about it with the Patriots and deflate gate and spy gate and all that kind of stuff. Look to me, the reason that will always be nothing more than a footnote with the Patriots is their, their most success came after, after yeah, those things to, were exposed. They went, to, they went to 10 Super Bowls, Jed. I mean, That's what, you know 10... what I'm saying? 10 with Tom Brady and won six of them or nine with Tom yeah. Brady and won six. Yeah, of them, so in other words, when Spygate, Deflategate and all that came out, their winning percentage after that was, and I'm a, you know, I'm not a Patriots fan. Right. Trust me. Right. No, I, I, but their winning percentage after that was better than before that. It's so like if Michigan, if Michigan, Michigan runs it back, if Michigan runs it back and wins the national championship next year, like, okay, well, or maybe that loses. Five. That's what you and <laughs> yeah. I talked about how many months right. ago, if they go on this crazy historic run without doing that, that's one thing. But right now, they're not there. The only one they have to hang their hat on since the late 90s is the one that looks a little suspicious in a lot of people's eyes. So, No doubt. But hey, I'll say this. we can. You could give me all the suspicion you want if we can win an Addy, all right? I don't care. Just give it to me, baby. <laughs> my T-shirts, my banners, my memorabilia are going to last forever. Connor Stallions was probably trying to bang on the door of the NRG Stadium in Houston last night. Let me in. Let me in. How funny is it? People were posting on Twitter, Wes. I'm sure you saw this. That of all the venues, of all the cities for Michigan, this Michigan team, to win its national championship, it was in the town of the 2017 world champion Houston Astros. Oh, gosh. There we go. Oh, that's the joke. That's the one to wrap this thing up on. couple thank yous before we shut this down. Thank you to our new friends at Johnston Equipment. Make sure you're checking out their new location on Route 33 in Weston. And, of course, a big thank you to Rick Lewis and Fortis for uh, – for, I just lost my train of thought – for 
roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. Visit Fortis.us.com. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had to write down the sponsor reads for a couple months now because we've been doing them for so long. And there we go. Just had a brain fart right in the middle of the time. That was my uh, 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 uh. big thank you to uh, to Johnson Equipment and to Fortis as well, too, for presenting this episode of ITG. Well, Jed, this was fun. I'm glad that was yeah. good. Uh, good. Nice and cathartic for me to get some of that top 25 anger. Uh, off my chest and uh yeah a national championship game i think that we were all pleasantly surprised that it ended up being much more entertaining than it looked like it was going to be there for the first uh 15 20 30 minutes or so that'll do it for this edition of itg but we'll be back in just a couple days with a little bit of a uh of a portal recap episode uh if you will you know some of the mountaineers that we knew had entered the portal have now landed at new homes we've had some guys that have joined the mountaineers from the portal so we'll discuss all of that in just a few days with big o and with skyler but uh jed and i wanted to make sure that we hopped on here and gave you some some national championship and some top 25 reaction while it was still hot in the kitchen so that'll do it for us on this edition of itg before we go the one thing we ask of you as always is to be an ear and tell an ear about your new favorite wv football podcast and shout out if you're watching on youtube here to my buddy Jed Drenning, who sent me a, a couple Duke's Mayo Bowl goodies, but chief most amongst them, this beautiful jar of Duke's Bowl, Duke's mayonnaise with the Tar Heel logo on the one side, the Flying Dub V, two of the most iconic logos in all of college sports on my favorite condiment West, jar uh, right here. I'll Thank leave you. you with this. The show, the post-game show ended at the stadium in Charlotte. Lights are down. My prescient thing waiting on me because us and coach wallace so i'm making my way back there and i spot i already had an extra one from the from the radio pregame show for you but i spot a case and i asked them there were there were a bunch of staff workers like stadium staffers can I grab said, take, and i said hey can i grab one of these yeah yeah go ahead tear it up and grab one well can i grab two yeah yeah i guess you can have two look it's in a case can i just pick the case up no, no you, you didn't. can't have a case i tried I'm like, what are you going to do? I told Chrissy as we're walking out. I'm like, there's no way they're going to do it. They're going to sell it on eBay. I was going to say, you'd have been putting those things on eBay. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what they were doing. Anyway, I'll leave you with that. Oh, I love it. I love it. We'll take care, everybody. We'll talk to you uh, here in the next couple of days. Thanks for listening. As always, you've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.